podcast is written on the back of the Declaration of Independence, a show in which we bare ass triple flip in front of 20,000 people. Hi, my name's Callum. And I'm Chelsea. And this is the third and final part of The Shark Cage, a nearly yearly tradition in which we watch three films and record three podcasts back to back to back to back in one day. Yay! This time around, for our third and final film, we watched Ghost Rider. Spirit of Vengeance. Ghost Rider the second, if you will. Ghost Rider 2. Or Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance in 3D, as it was in some places. Ooh. Um, oh, fucking Nora. We, <sighs> were, we came out of The Weatherman, our last film, feeling so fucking smug with ourselves. We oh yeah, the shark again. cage has been really good this time. Ooh. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. This film changed that. And yet, listeners, once again, he will not apologise for having chosen it. Oh, yeah. It's 5.30 in the evening. It feels which like is earlier. It feels like 9.30. It's earlier than our last shark cage. We're finishing up early, but it feels later. Yes. Uh, I think I'm going to fall asleep in the middle of this recording. Can you tell us a bit, before you fall asleep, can you tell us a bit about what happens in Ghost Rider Duh? Spirit of Vengeance. Okay, so Johnny Blaze is the Ghost Rider. Again. But we're vaguely retconning, but not completely. He Mm. became the Ghost Rider in a slightly different way in this one, I think. Either way, makes a deal with the devil, becomes a Ghost Rider, by which I mean he turns from a human to a flaming skull man. Yep. When he's angry slash just at night. I'm not really entirely sure on what the parameters are when he smells evil is implied (laughs) when he smells evil like a tracking dog because at the beginning he blames us and he says i might i might get you like have you illegally downloaded a movie and then i'm like uh, he says have you lied have you illegally downloaded a movie and i'd be like you'd constantly be the ghost rider everyone's done something nominally wrong also, this film was made back in the days where everyone was afraid they'd get arrested for illegally downloading fucking, I don't know, Fishboard Wander, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, he's doing his Ghost Rider thing, going after bad guys. He's trying to save a little boy called Danny, who turns out to be the son of the devil, also via um, a devil bargaining thing. Danny's mother made... A bargain with the devil because she was dying. The devil made her carry his child, and now the devil would like to make Danny himself. His heir. Yeah. He would like to gonna... pass on the devilness inside him into the boy. Yes. AKA the Antichrist. And wipe and wipe whatever is currently Danny. And Ghost Rider is just trying to stop that. That's the whole film. It's bullshit. Oh, first thoughts? Do I need to even say she's got her head in her hands? I just... I mean, I didn't like the first one, so there wasn't a lot of chance I was going to like this one. Yeah. But I feel like at least the first one was slightly more coherent. And it... No, okay. The storyline for this is not incoherent, it's just a bit dull. I feel like, once again, they didn't learn from the first one, they blew all the money on effects. Mm. Partly because this one was going to be in 3D. 3D. Yeah. I think you said at one point when we were watching it, oh, this bit looks really well done because the last scene I was going to say looked really cheap, but in this, there's fire everywhere. Yeah. And they've done loads of money on effects. 
it's a really odd it's a really odd film so the majority of it is well all of it is set in either um Romania or Turkey. It was filmed in both Romania and Turkey. And I, I think, think the, it's all supposed the, to be Romania. Oh, I think at the end they're in Turkey, aren't they? I don't, I don't know if they said they were moving. Oh, the, the text pops up at the screen. Dip, 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 oh, okay. We're here now. Um, and because of that, because of the fact that the majority of the film is basically shot in these nondescript sort of European places mm. there's like there's like one or two moments when they're in like a little pretty town or a castle but the majority of it is just kind of roads yeah and um it it, it kind of makes everything feel quite cheap mm. it's not necessarily just because they're filming in sort of eastern block parts of europe mm. but that has something to do with it to the fact that they're not only are they filming there, but they they're not necessarily doing anything exciting there. Um, there's a lot yeah, of like there's so... a lot of like cheap Doctor Who style locations in that like oh we're in a quarry why because quarries are cheap yeah because I've been to the town slash city I can't remember I think it was just a very large town yeah where they filmed in Romania well, yeah when a lot of the Romanian stuff when you went on your ghost rider uh, backpacking tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was looking at it going, I know that place. I know that place. I looked it up and it's Sibiu in Romania, which mm. is super cool and has an amazing theatre festival. Um, And there are so many beautiful places in that one town. Yeah. And you see. And there's a massive contrast. Like one side of it, you can see all the old communist kind of buildings and then you've got all the old churches and things. And yeah. Vast contrast in five minute walk. None of that. You see the town the square. That's Part it. Part of me was like, why didn't you just fucking film this in Texas or some shit? You know, like, yeah. what was the point in going all this way? I feel like they got a bit of a tax break, probably. Yeah. Was the first one set in Europe? Yeah. It's, no, it's the the first one is somewhere in New America. York. It's a nondescript American city. I think they filmed it in Sydney. And there's no explanation for why we've suddenly moved to Eastern Europe. Oh, he just says he's on the run. Yeah, but... He's on uh, the run. Why? Why does he have to be that far on the run? Um, How has he made it all the way across the world on I mean, a plane? Like, I, yeah. how did that plane not turn to fire? I'm assuming that if he's got on a plane from America to Europe, that was at some point flying... He was at least going through check-in mm. in the night. Yeah. Which would have meant he was ghost ridering. Like you don't get on a plane as ghost rider. That's a health no, hazard. You the can't whole even. Plane can't turns even ha- to fire. You can't even have a cigarette on a plane now. Um. But anyway, he's in Eastern Europe, and mm. uh, anyway, what I was getting at was that a lot of that just feels cheap and yeah. a bit boring. Yeah. And then we arrive at these kind of action set pieces, and while they're not necessarily in the most exciting places a road, a quarry, so on and so forth. They're at least, like, the special effects are pretty good for the most part. Yeah, and in comparison to the first one, they're a lot more detailed. So you get, like, his leather jacket starts bubbling and the bike's sort of made of, like, lava rocks and stuff. Mm. Like, they're more detailed than the first one. So I've got a theory on that, and I just think that... So the the directors behind this are... 
duo called Neville Dine and Taylor, mm-hmm. who did Crank 1 and 2, and they're very known for, like, these kind of adult-orientated, sort of goofy action films. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get the feeling that they were probably brought on board to make Ghost Rider a more adult, sort of gritty, weird film. Mm-hmm. And then Sony or whoever, one of the 12 different production companies that have a logo at the beginning of this film, but probably Sony, went, oh, uh, but we want to make action figures as well. And we're worried it's not going to sell. So can you just make it normal? Can you just make it a normal Ghost Rider film? Like, don't make it too violent. Mm. Don't make it like a 15 or an 18. Just make it a PG-12. And I imagine that they probably shot... There's probably somewhere in a can a 15 version of this. With a bit more blood and a bit more swearing and a tit or something like that. But what we've got is this kind of watered down slightly safer version but that that is why we've probably got like a more gritty less cartoony portrayal of ghost rider yeah so i did note that he seems much more monstery this time around than last time there's a lot of like growling and like mm. weird gross whispering and stuff the performance is much more monstery than the first ghost rider I think. Uh, much more dr jekyll mr heidi yeah. kind of thing it's yeah. like a separate person, not just him in flames. Totally. Yeah. Um, that, to the point where there's even this sort of transformation that happens as well for the character. Whereas in the last one, he's just kind of screaming for three minutes as the camera revolves around him. <laughs> With Nicolas Cage, he can kind of, in this one, he can kind of fight it back for a bit and then it pops out again and it, it's kind of coming in and out. I'm sure we'll get to that in a second anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like there is a better, more weird version of this film that is rated 15 that's just, we're not allowed to see. Studios! And I say better, I don't imagine that it's, you know, a five-star film, but I (laughs) imagine it's more cohesive in tone Mm. and feels a bit more kind of rebellish and a bit more crazy uh, than what we got, which is kind of safe but a bit gritty. And a bit boring at the same time. So the devil in this film is recast. Yes. In the first film, it's Peter Fonda. Yes. Uh, who we saw in The Runner. Earlier today, or two months ago for you listeners. And um, he didn't want to reprise his role as the devil. Ah, so that's why we have the new law that the devil can take on any shape he wishes. Well, yeah. Eventually. I'm, yeah. And uh, this is explained through a voiceover. Uh, with some sort of cartoony animated sequence mm. in which we see some of the various forms that the devil has taken throughout the years, including its current form, which is a guy in a suit who looks a bit like an Italian mobster. And also like Genghis Khan, I think is one of them. And then a clown, um, which might be a reference to like Stephen King's It or something. And then finally it just ends. And all of those are like graphic design, sort of posterized images of those people. And then it just ends on a close-up photograph of Jerry Springer. <laughs> so on the, like a plain black background. They've done nothing to like edit the photo. Like a stock photo. <laughs> oh. Which is a 
yeah, joke insinuating that Jerry Springer is the devil. Bearing in mind, this film came out in 2012, way past the time that we really gave a shit about Jerry Springer. It's just so odd. Yeah, it's so odd. It was but very strange. That's one of those moments that reminds me of something like Crank, like some of their other work, the directing duo's other work. It's that kind of your reference is lost on me. Weird scatological humor that bleeds into the editing as well. Uh huh. Because I did wonder the editing on this film is quite strange. Oh yeah. There are parts of it. For example, when we first meet the devil, he's on the phone to um, our sort of main villain or secondary villain. Um, I guess secondary villain, but he's the first one we meet, the one who's there for most of the film. He's doing the chasing down. Um, Where they're talking on the phone and they're kind of split screen in a weird way and stuff like that. I was kind of like... Oh, maybe they're doing like a comic panels thing. Yeah. It was early enough that it very much could have been a style choice. But Mm. then there's not actually a lot of that style thing happening. Yeah, that was odd. That reminded me of like sort of Ang Lee's Hulk film, which has a lot of that weird editing. And I was like, okay, we're doing doing that now. That almost feels a bit like something from Ghost Rider 1. Mm. I was like, okay, okay, fine. And then it never happens again. It's a weird choice. There's some there's some other weird choices, some that I like a bit more than that. Um the guy I believe his name is Blackout. He's the guy who turns into a supervillain that I affectionately coined as Mold. This is the secondary villain I was just yeah. talking about. He gets uh he dies, the devil brings him back but gives him this power of sort of decay. Yeah, he touches he comes anything it decays. Looking like a nineties Nirvana fanboy. Yeah. Like shoulder length blonde hair, ripped black jumper, and anything he touches, unlike Midas, turns not to gold, but to fucking dust and mold. Yeah, he looks a little bit like um like a demon from the background of an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely like a vampire that they didn't have time to put the full prosthetic on, but got pretty close. And um yeah, he t- everything he touches he turns to mold. But there's a s- there's this kind of funky thing that happens with his power, which mm. is when he's sort of one-on-one combating someone, all of the colour disappears from everywhere. So it's oh, almost yeah. like they're in this void, this like yeah. black... And I assume that might be part of his power as Blackout, which is one of his names. Is the, was that in the film? That Did was, that go that over I, my head? That was on IMDb. Okay. I didn't hear it in the film, that but that was on IMDb. That went completely over my head if it was. Um, and and I quite liked that. I thought that was kind of... I didn't necessarily understand why it was there, but I thought it was quite a funky, cool effect. This I kind of found like it distracting. Singling, sing, like, sort of zooming in, like, singling out this one piece of action and letting it happen in this kind of void. Yeah, but then it didn't... It didn't happen enough for me, or for long enough at a time, for me to go, oh. Yeah, it could have happened, that's, like... That's a good choice. Three times, but in longer sequences. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, and it would have worked a bit better. Yeah, it just felt weird. There's lots of weird choices. Including um, Ghost Rider just spinning around in mid-air. <laughs> what was that? During, I think, the second action sequence in a quarry. Before they've learned that you can't kill a fucking fire demon with more fire, 
They keep takes them two action sequences. Oh, they keep shooting fire bombs, etc. at Missiles. Ghost Rider, and one hits him, and he floats up into the air, like horizontally, laying down, floats in the air, starts spinning, and you're like, oh, this is a weird thing that's kind of happening at full speed. And then it's actually just happening at a normal rate for no reason. He's just spinning in the air and yeah. stops himself and looks at a bad guy and then continues the fight. Yeah, and he's not like spinning out. It's not like no. he's. It's not like a natural spin. Like he's been hit with this fireball or whatever, and he's flying. He's hovering six footish in the air, yeah. spinning like a statue on a piece of like or like like. It's so odd. It reminded me of one of those executive toys where you get a little floating object. You know those things? Okay. No, Do you know I what I mean? Know what Where about. you get like a little desk toy and it's probably, it's got like a little battery power and you put a little model of a car on top of it and it looks like it's floating, but actually it's got oh. two little magnets underneath yes, it. Yes, I do know what you mean. It looks like one of those <laughs> and it's really odd. And There's no reasoning behind it. You Like you said, you look at it and you think, because it's a close-up to start with yeah. of just him and you don't see anyone else, you just see him spinning and you're like, oh, we're going to like go into his mind or he's going to narrate this and be like, I was spinning out of control or whatever. (laughs) And then it zooms out and everyone is witnessing him just spinning (laughs) around in the air. It's very strange. It's very odd. It's very odd. I think they were trying to go with like, he's more of a demon. Mm. So giving him some like weird ethereal kind of demony things like i was watching insidious or something you know like demons do weird shit like that like the ring they all like run out of the what you know in the ring where she's like running and and it's it's edited in camera it's hand cranked in camera so they're doing it really fast yeah but that's actually how it is in real it was like they were trying to do that Mm -hmm. but it's just fucking odd it's just fucking odd man i would like to propose we move to a segment called help i'm trapped in a glass nicholas cage of emotion i can't believe you stole that intro from me and also did it like that moving on what would you like to propose for this segment when he is um uh cornering a bad guy asking about the location of someone else or something Yes, I know what you mean. This is the scene I was going to propose. And it's because it's the best moment. Yeah. And he is mid-transformation. He's holding back his transformation. As it's happening, his eyes are turning into skull holes. Like, they're kind of popping in and out. Yeah. I I wrote Looney Tunes eye popping. (laughs) It looks a bit like that. He's kind of screaming and shouting. And then I can't remember the phrase he says... But I'm sure you've got it written down. Scraping at the door. I'll play it here. You're a bad man. And this thing, the writer, he feeds on Batman and he's hungry. He's hungrier than he's been years and that's why I'm shaking. Because right now, the only thing standing between you and the writer is me. And he's just... He's he's scraping at the door. Scraping at the door. It's really odd. So strange. It's really fun. Another classic cage sort of screechy thing, which we haven't seen a lot of in our films recently, but it's one of his classic acting moves is to just screech the line. Um, what do you think of Cage's performance in this? It's hard to say because unlike the first one, 
he spends actually quite a decent amount of the movie as the Ghost Rider, so you don't see his face. Yeah. Um, I think what he's physically doing as the Ghost Rider is fine. He's a dude who also happens to be a demon. Um, I I don't know. I wasn't mega impressed, but then I wasn't really offended. So- I think it was one of his middling days. So, um, I'm going to show you a picture of him actually shooting. Oh, no. Pre-special effects. Okay. Is he covered in green dots? No. That's... Whoa! So, I am am showing Chelsea a picture of um, Nicolas Cage screaming at another person. So, his face... Uh, Okay, hang on. He's wearing a hood... Like a balaclava hood, but without the eye hole. So it yep. comes all the way, it goes round his chin, round the outside of his face, up to his forehead. And that's covered in sort of LED strips. I think to simulate fire. Yes, so yellow LED strips. So and that... his face is painted like a child dressing as a skeleton for Halloween. It's white, and then he's got massive black panda eyes and the bottom of his nose and around his mouth. I'm assuming... So the other actor knows where the eye holes will be. As if a skull is not just what is under our skin. So, Nicolas Cage, as far as I'm aware, and I'm happy to be called out about this, because, um, because with particularly with our episodes, and mainly with our Shark Cage episodes, minimal research is put into these. Yeah, we don't really care. Um, I remember listening to absolute radio when i was at uni and this film came out and nicholas nicholas cage was being interviewed about his role in this film and about the technique he used (laughs) technique all right and he as far as i'm aware that was his idea to paint his face and as far as i'm aware part of his routine every morning was painting his face to get himself into the role of the Ghost Rider. Oh, no, 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 no. So he did that himself oh, no. as like a spiritualistic way of of getting into the role of demon bike boy from comic book movie. I think from what I remember, part of it was, I do seem to remember him being like, I wanted to freak people out when I was on set. Oh, no, no, we don't like that bullshit either. <laughs> No, no, that is the worst kind of bullshit. When people turn up and they're playing the villain, they go, mm, well, I like to method act. So they turn all fucking Jared Leto and like... Message each other. Fucking, fucking send rats to people. Shit like, in the no, post to Will no, Smith. Just learn to fucking act. I cannot stand when people use method acting, yeah. in quotation marks, as an excuse to be a knob. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're doing a job. Mm. Your colleagues have to be comfortable with you to do that job. I know you're not disagreeing with no, me and I'm not. shouting at you, you as if you're disagreeing. And I'm just smiling back. But this makes me so angry because it's always just fucking white dude. Yeah, dude. I knew she was going to say it. I knew she was going to say it. Okay, point me to a woman who's ever sent someone a dead rat I'm to not, play villain in no, a film. No, no, I just, I could sense that you were trying your damnedest not to say straight white man. But it is. And you did it, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. It, it is. always is. It but is in always. the words of another straight white man, Laurence Olivier, why don't you just try acting? Try acting, darling. Just fucking try it. So, we discover in this film 
that Ghost Rider's riding power is transferable to other vehicles. <laughs> yes. Hence why, if he got on a plane, it would turn to fire. Or if he, like in this case, rides a giant mechanical excavator machine, it turns <laughs> into a Ghost Rider giant mechanical excavator machine. Slash it looks also, like a giant motorcycle wheel. It happens to a truck. He jumps on a truck and yes. drives the truck and it turns into a giant Ghost Rider it truck. It also transfers to his piss. Yep. So he pisses like a flamethrower. Like and that flame. is genuinely the one bit of the movie I was like, Haha, okay. That's a great it's great it's funny. It's a great gag. It's a nice they do a little cutaway. It's a good fun it's a good funny goof. I'd like yep. to see more of that. That kind of like irreverent taking the piss out of the material, having a bit of fun, understanding that Ghost Rider as a live action superhero is kind of naturally a bit goofy and stupid while also pretending to be dark and brutal. What I would like to see is the Lego Ghost Rider movie. <laughs> um, I'm here for it. What I was going to ask is, mm. uh, his rider ability is transferable to other vehicles. Mm-hmm. What vehicle would you like to see Ghost Rider ride in <gasps> Ghost Rider 3, Ride of Death, or Death to Ride, or Ride Angry? Do you know what I think I would find absurdly funny? As if it was like a canoe or a raft or some shitty little kayaky boat. Kayak would be great. I just think it would be really silly and I'm here for that. And that's my favourite kind of comic book adaptation is the one that goes, yeah, comic books are important and they're popular and they're fun, but also they're a bit campy, they're weird, so let's lean into that. Well, they can be, yeah, totally. And not take them too seriously. Totally. Hashtag not all comics. Not all comics. But but yeah, clearly our favourites are things like Lego Batman, Spider-Man into Spider-Verse, Guardians of the Galaxy... Things like that. Yeah. Um, I think I would like to see Ghost Rider ride a hovercraft. Ooh. Or a hoverboard. Now oh, I because said it. The, the, the stuff underneath, like all the offshoot Could be smoke carbon or dioxide, flames. whatever comes out. Yeah. Does that catch fire as well? Don't know. I, na- like Ooh. I said, though, maybe a hoverboard. Because those catch fire anyway. Regardless of whether you're the Ghost Rider, they catch fire because they've got bad batteries in them. Oh, you're talking about kiddie hoverboards. I'm talking about Marty McFly hoverboards. No, no, kiddie hoverboards. Because oh, okay. <laughs> they catch fire because they've got phone batteries powering them. <laughs> so I reckon put put Ghost Rider on one of those. A unicycle. Ooh, flaming unicycle. Flaming unicycle. Ghost Rider joins the circus. Okay. Yeah. And, well, he's a stuntman. Um, he's not yeah. far away. He's a stuntman. So he's joined the circus. Uh, and he discovers that one of the clowns is actually the devil. Because we've established that in Ghost Rider 2, Spirit yeah. of Vengeance. Yep. There All checks out, man. And then Script coming to you by the end of the year, fellas. There you go. Have we got any Amazon reviews? We have got some Amazon reviews. It's done quite well on Amazon. Yeah, I found this. I quickly did a cautionary look at Letterboxd. Yeah. And uh, there were a lot of people who liked it. It's quite well liked. Which I find surprising. I can see people enjoying it. Mm. But there were a lot of fours rather than what I would have considered maybe a three. Rachel C. One star. Mm -hmm. If you loved the first film, just stop at that and pretend they never made a sequel. Four exclamation marks. And this was written back in 2014. So only two years after it came out. I wonder if Rachel C would have changed their mind. 
It's a Blu-ray. It has a nice box and it works in a player. <laughs> However, such is the appallingness of this film that I'd recommend using the disc as a frisbee or a tea coaster, as it is one of the worst films I have ever watched, other than Pacific Rim. Hey. I've not seen Pacific Rim. Pacific surprise, Rim surprise. is fun. It's a surprisingly good film for a film about robots punching each other. You could just not bother buying it, and most certainly avoid wasting your time watching this film, as it steals time. And will laugh gleefully, knowing you that you will never get that time back again. It steals your time and laughs at you. Yeah. The film does that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Why, oh why, oh why... Oh my god! BBC fucking it's BBC audience letters. Why oh why oh why? Oh points of view. That's it. I couldn't think of what <laughs> the show was called. Blah 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 Why oh why oh why do they let this drivel be shown on the BBC? Love a bit of points of view. Mainly for that theme tune. Nicolas Cage? Why? It's simply a comic with stupid effects, little plot and zero character depth. The first I loved despite mediocre critic reviews, but this film is quite simply rotten. Finally, Kitty the Slayer. Gives it three stars. A cat? We shouldn't be giving airtime to a cat killer. (laughs) No, no, no. Kitty the Slayer. So the cat is the killer. We shouldn't be giving airtime to a murderous cat. (laughs) Go ahead. Three stars. Uh Uh-huh. I love the original. Okay. I love the original. So my six-year-old and I decided to dabble into the sequel zone. Six? Six Six-year-old? I don't think that's appropriate. That would scare me as a ten-year-old. I I was a pretty hardy child. Yeah. I would have had nightmares, I reckon. I was... Yeah. But I had a fire thing. Do you remember at the end of DVDs? We were talking about this recently. At the end of DVDs, they used to have the copyright man who was like... A pirate. This big shirtless pirate with blacksmith. a brand. That was it, a blacksmith pirate with this brand that would stamp onto the screen and he was all like covered in flames. Yeah. That, I used to be scared of that. That used to give you nightmares. I think it's the flame element of it. And you'd see flames in his eyes. Ooh. I think I, I was I was the opposite. I was not a hardy kid. I remember as a kid going to a friend's birthday party to the cinema to go and watch a film I, that I believe is a Merlin film starring Sam Neill. And at the end, there was a bunch of skeleton ghosts like rising out of people's bodies or something. And it, it, made, it made me cry and the... the parents mum had to take me into the little hallway at the cinema because i didn't like the skeletons and i had to sit outside was that the first time you realized that skeletons were inside you i don't know it just really scared me i didn't like it i was i wasn't very good at spoopy things particularly so six years old six years old this would have shit me up (laughs) proper i would have i would have pissed the bed and not flames my six-year-old and i decided to dabble into the sequel zone which is an offshoot of the Twilight Zone. I wish I could say I loved it, but sadly, it didn't cut the mustard. It was far too drawn out and didn't pack the punch that the original gave. Mm -hmm. I will sit nicely in my collection. I think they mean it. It will sit nicely in my collection, 
but in hindsight, I probably would not have bothered. The eye candy of Cage was the only thing that kept it going. What? Whoa! Someone's got a Cage crush. I don't want a kink shame, but are you sure? I don't don't put your six year old kid in front of it just because you want to order it your Cage. Like he doesn't even he he doesn't even have an attractive personality in this film. No. I don't know. Don't get me wrong, I have seen much worse, but I was hoping for the greatness that I received from the first movie. I mean, I think that's a fair enough review. They obviously enjoyed the first one. I mean, I'm not sure particularly what? why. No, but, um, you know, each to their own. I think this is a really interesting case where I don't like either the first or the second film, but both for quite different reasons. Mm. They're both clearly very different films. Yes. And I think it makes it quite an interesting thing to look at is to go what these were sequels i'm gonna regret saying this because i don't want it to actually happen but i feel like i need to see the first one again because it's been a year i don't remember a lot about it yeah my main to me they feel fairly similar but i think i've only taken away maybe the action sequences of the first one my main takeaway from the first one was that rebel wilson is in it oh yeah (laughs) Uh... a young rebel wilson as a goth bystander well, in the words of Johnny Blaze, so that happened. This is we been, watched that. We done three films in three days. It genuinely hasn't been as traumatic as the first time around. I know because we didn't pick three absolutely nonsense films. We didn't pick three stinkers. But I think it's only because of the weatherman it's, that we're saying this. Yeah. Oh, if we had that a, saved our day. We we nearly had a film called Dog Eat Dog in the middle, which I know is a stinker. If we had Dog Eat Dog in the middle, I think we would have been angry i think we would have a been angry and we might have enjoyed ghost rider 2 a bit more (laughs) anyway uh that has been ghost rider spirit of vengeance we will do we know what we're doing next i don't think we're going to tell you what we're doing next because it's currently uh the 28th of april and this isn't going out till august or september so i can't commit for that length of time listeners no we will tell you what we're doing sooner to the time or should you fancy in between now and I'm assuming when we can next record in September time, over the next month, if you'd like to shoot us some suggestions yeah. of films we have yet to cover in totally. our extensive catalogue, please do. We're on all the social medias, which you can hear at the end of this episode. Uh, but yeah, in the meanwhile, stay safe, stay lucky, and... Uh, if you do get a burning sensation when you're urinating like Johnny Cage does, Johnny Blaze, then uh, please consult a doctor. Yes, please. Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to our silly little podcast. If you've enjoyed yourself, the best thing you could do for us would be to leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts, because that helps other people find the show. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, you can find us on all the usual social medias at Nick Cage Pod. That's at N-I-C-C-A-G-E. P-O-D. I'm talking Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And if that's still not enough, or if you've got a spare couple of quid burning a hole in your pocket, you can buy us a virtual coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Nick Cage pod. After all, we need to pay for these ridiculous movies somehow. <laughs>